As I've said every week for the month of September, we're trying to keep things simple. Though, of course, when in church is anything simple? When is anything in our lives ever simple? And we're going to try. We've been trying every week to bring a little bit of simplicity to the complexity of our lives. And the whole series has been focused on the simple life that Jesus led and taught and exemplified. And every week we've had a challenge that accompanied us in worship. The first week, we were challenged to take time every day to be grateful for our time, uh, to journal or to write down one thing that happened to us for which we were grateful. Uh, the second week, we were challenged to get rid of some of our stuff, maybe some of our junk, stuff that we have piling up in drawers or closets or shelves or garages or even a whole house. Uh, last week, we were challenged to budget our money, to budget our money, and some of us even took a commitment card home with us to prayerfully consider what we want to commit to the church for the next uh, financial year. If you have those, by the way, please fold them before you put them in the offering plate later in the service. That way the uh, counters won't look at them this afternoon, only myself and our wonderful financial secretary, who never gets enough credit, Margaret. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and of course, this week, the subject is prayer. Because of all the things that Jesus talks about, time, possessions, money, prayer, and food are the things that Jesus talked about the most. And those are the things we're trying to encounter this month. So Jesus says to his followers, to his disciples, pray like this. And so let's pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I know it might sound strange, but there was a time before I was your pastor, many, many, many moons ago, before I became the pastor of Cokesbury United Methodist Church. Uh, I spent a summer in Michigan, in Detroit, Michigan, helping a church. And while I was there, there was a church in downtown Detroit called Cass United Methodist Church. Had a pastor there, and she called me up and she said, Hey, I heard you're Methodist and you're helping another church this summer, and I need someone to fill in for me on Sunday. Could you come and preside over worship and, and, and preach for me? And I said, Yes, of course I will. I'm 23 years old and I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so I spent all week writing this perfect sermon. 2,000 words. Oh, I was going to save everybody in the church. The morning, the Sunday morning arrived, I got out my suit. I put a bow tie on. And I showed up at the church. And it should have been a warning sign to me that while I was driving through downtown Detroit that I didn't see another human being for 10 minutes. But I arrived at the church. Cass United Methodist Church. It almost took up a whole city block. This large, gothic-like cathedral. Dark stone with massive stained glass windows. Stained glass windows so large you could not even fit them on a wall in our church. Stained glass windows made by Tiffany's. It's the most beautiful church. And I got there, and when I went up to the front door, it was locked. Another warning sign. And so I sat down on the steps of downtown Detroit in a suit with a bow tie on Sunday morning. And I waited. I waited an hour before I realized that they told me the wrong time to come to church. So I sat there for an hour before the first person arrived, and they looked down at me, and they just kept on walking, unlocked the door, and let me in. And so I went in, and I sat up by the pulpit, not really knowing what to do, because there was no bulletin. 
No one wanted to talk to me. And so I knew that I was supposed to be the pastor, and I waited and I waited. And very quickly I realized this was not at all what I should what I had imagined the church was going to be. Because I was sitting up there, and not only was I the most uh, impressively dressed of anyone there, I was also the only white person there. By a long shot. And so I was sitting there by myself, in my suit, with my bow tie, and there were a group of women, older women sitting right next to me. And they all stood up and they started singing a hymn. There were no hymnals in the church, but they started singing a hymn. And when the first hymn came to an end, they started singing a second hymn. They did the second hymn, and it was beautiful. And when the second hymn ended, they started singing a third hymn. And during the third hymn, a very old gentleman from the church sort of crawled his way down to the pulpit, and he said, Son, if you don't say something, they're not going to quit. <laughs> I just want to be very clear with you all. I've never been uh, to a black church before. It's a very, very different experience. Because in the white church I grew up in, when you say something in church, the response is supposed to be silence. But in this church, it was quite the opposite. And so I got up there, and looking like a fool, I pulled out my sermon, and I tried to start preaching. And I had not really preached that many times, so I tried to preach in the way I thought you were supposed to preach. The Lord has called us here today to hear his most divine word. That it might dwell deep in our souls and bear much fruit for his kingdom. And the lady in the first pew said, Lord! I said, wow, she must like what I'm saying. I'm going to keep this up. Oh, gracious God, he has been so good to us. Yes, Lord, she said. said Friends, I am in the right line of work. They love me. This is going to be great. They're going to offer me this church. And so I just kept preaching like a fool. And finally she said, Lord, please help this young man. Because <laughs> she was praying for me. And I needed it. And so with that, Lord, help this young man, I took my suit jacket off, untied my bow tie, rolled up my sleeves, and I took my sermon off the podium, and I just threw it to the ground. I walked out in the middle of the church, hearing her desperate plea for the Lord to make something of my nothing. And I said, hey, friends, my name's Taylor. I want to tell you a story from the Bible that changed my life. And that's what I did. And at the end, when I said amen, they all said it too. Prayer. Sometimes prayer takes six months for you to get an answer. Sometimes in the middle of worship, someone will say, Lord, please help this boy, and it gets answered right away. <laughs> now I know what some of you are praying. When you pretend to be sleeping in the middle of my sermon, you say, oh, Lord, please give me something better to say. Please, 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 please. <laughs> Prayer. Prayer. It's at the heart of what we call the Christian life. It's something Jesus did in the Gospels. It's something we do here every single week. And I would venture to guess that almost all of us here pray every single day. But prayer, with all its prevalence in the church, it's something that we don't really talk about. Sure, we might do it, but what is the it that we are doing? Prayer is simply communicating with God. Though prayer can take place in a variety of different ways, prayers can be spontaneous, they can be read entirely from a text, or prayer can just be 
silence. Prayer is time set apart from the regular movements of life to commune with the Lord in such a way that our needs and our desires and our hopes can be expressed while recognizing the immense wonder of God through whom we receive our blessings. Prayer is the powerful way by which we discover who we are and whose we are. For as long as I can remember, I have been the de facto prayer in my family. And that started long before I ever became a pastor. No matter what family function we were doing, we would at some point gather around the table, everyone would hold hands, they'd close their eyes, and they'd wait for me to say something. And I'm not sure whatever granted me this divine opportunity, frankly, I don't feel very good about it. Because even though prayer is so much at the heart of what I do as a pastor, I still feel like, even today, that when I'm asked to pray, that I'm just pretending to be pious for 30 seconds. And I help, can't help but feel like my prayers sometimes fall flat. Because I find myself falling into the trap of using words that I would never use. I mean, how would any of you feel right now if I came out and handed you the microphone and said, pray on behalf of the church? Some of you would never come back. Some of you would stand up and pray and then decide never to come back. <laughs> but I'm sure that some of us, if we were asked to pray right now, our first thought would be to say something like, Oh, loving and merciful and almighty and creating, and we just keep saying ands and we never actually get to any prayers. Because being asked to pray sometimes feels like the burden of being more faithful than we actually are. We supplement all these words in our prayers that we would never otherwise use. And then we're done, and we say that amen, we can't help but wonder, where did all that stuff come from? Praying off the cuff is really hard to do, especially because we're often made to feel like it has to be a certain way or sound a certain way. And the truth of prayer is that it's nothing more than talking with a friend, but just talking with God. Because God doesn't need our protection. God doesn't need our deception. God can take us and our prayers just as they are because God can surely handle us. We don't need to curtail how we are feeling or defer from the truth of our reality. We can be more honest with God than anyone else. Just read the Psalms. They don't pull any of their punches. God doesn't want us to come to the altar or clasp our hands together differently than the way we live the rest of our lives. The truest and the holiest prayers are those that sound like we're talking with a friend. And yet still, for some of us, this will be a challenge. Confronted by the sheer and the stark reality of being in a space all alone, talking to someone who might feel far away or silent, we don't know what to say. And that's okay. Because even though prayer is at the heart of what it means to be a disciple, that doesn't mean we have to do it on our own or off the cuff. Some of the most important prayers are those written long before we arrived. I mean, the disciples, they didn't know how to pray. They say to Jesus, teach us, O Lord. He says, pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He teaches them what to say. And so we can pray like that. We can say that prayer like the first disciples. Or we can pray like someone else. We can pray like St. Francis. This is one of his prayers. <clears throat> Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. 
O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, not so much to be understood as to understand, not so much to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are made alive. Or you can pray like Jesus. Let thy will be done. We, like countless Christians before us, we can rely on the prayers of the saints to give voice to our feelings and needs that are difficult to articulate. We can lean on them because they leaned on the Lord to pray the prayers they prayed. But of course, we can also pray our own prayers. And by we, I really mean we. Because if you look at the Lord's Prayer, it doesn't say, My Father, who art in heaven, give me my daily bread, deliver me from my trespasses. It says, Our Father, give us our daily bread, deliver us from temptation. It is meant to be done in community. And of course, that's what we're going to do right now. You all should know by now that if you come to this church, you're probably going to have some activity to do. So sorry that I'm not sorry. Uh, in a moment, we're going to break up into uh, groups. Groups of probably six, seven, maybe eight. And we're going to write prayers together. Now, before you run out of the building, uh, in your bulletins, there's a, a blank space for notes. In case you all ever hear some wisdom from the pulpit, which you never do. But today, that blank space... You can use it to write down a prayer that you come up with as a group. Now, one person in your group is going to have to be elected to be the prayer because that person, after this exercise, will have to come up here to the front. I will hand you the microphone, and you're going to prayer, pray your group's prayer out loud. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to mix it up so that we're not, you know, it's not like a whole group of introverts. Every group needs at least one person who's comfortable talking in the microphone. The prayers can be simple. They can be profound, they can be specific, they can be general. The point is, they have to be a prayer that any of you in the group would pray. So if you want to pray for uh, the people on the coast of North Carolina because of the hurricane, you can pray for them. If you want to pray for people on the other side of the world, you can do that. If you want to pray for us, it doesn't matter. But we're going to take five minutes in your group, and you're going to write a prayer together. One person has to keep notes of it so that you can come up here and read that prayer aloud at the end. All right, so... I want groups to sort of be with the people you're sitting near, no more than eight in a group, no more than eight in a group, and I'll give you five minutes, and once you have finished your prayer and you've been elected to prayer, I want you to come up here, and the kids, the kids can come join me. The kids can come join me. We're going to write our own prayer. So gather in a group of about seven or eight, come up with a prayer, write it down, and then once you're done, come find me in the front because you're going to have to pray. All right, y'all come Alright, so that, yeah, you can go back to your seats if you move, but I need those who are praying to come up here. And it's the usual suspects, of course. <laughs> Alright, is this all in groups? Just about? Oh, one more. Alright, so I'm, I'm going to go first, and then we're going to hand the microphone, we're going to go all the way down. I want you to say your prayer, and then uh, we're pass the microphone to the person next to you. Here are the prayers of the people. I am praying on behalf of the children. Lord, give me a long life, protect my family, give me cookies, and I would really like a rainbow. Peace and love in the world, compassion, 
thankful, thankful for what we have and what we do not have. Appreciation and have the faith and belief what we pray for will be answered in this time. Amen. Amen. Thank you for a new day. Lord, give us strength to get through each and every day. Prayers to keep our family and friends safe. Please take care of all in North Carolina at this time. Let this be the year to find a cure for cancer. Help us to accept and reach out to other people. Prayers for health and the welfare of all our friends in the world. Help me be strong for my family and friends. And finally, and importantly, prayers for Cokesbury, our country, and all those in leadership. Amen. Father God, thank you for the rain. Thank you for our daily bread. Bless our church family. Thank you for the gifts that you have given us. Be with those who couldn't be here today. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to pray together. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our brothers and sisters here at Coach Berry. We thank you for Jesus, your son. We ask for your guidance, your peace, your forgiveness, and our church to be a beacon for those seeking a home in Christ. In your sweet and holy name. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for living among us. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you for the many blessings. We pray for world peace. And we remember those that hunger and thirst for you. Make us the brothers and sisters that you want us to be. Thank you, Lord. We pray for the homeless, the jobless, the lost, the lonely, and the least. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, grant us peace on earth. With, with all our enemies, we pray for family, friends, and neighbors sickness and health. We pray for the deceased. We also pray for our president and all the leaders of our country and the world. Last but not least, we pray for the family of Oaksbury Church. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we are truly thankful for your grace. We ask for peace and a sense of togetherness for our country. We ask for your divine guidance, the courage and wisdom to follow as we reach out to the poor in spirit and needy of heart. Let us pray for all who have been affected by nature's wrath. Help us to be better stewards of what you have provided through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Father Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you've done for us. We pray for people suffering in our ways, either through disease or sickness or any other kind of hardship. We pray for families that you should keep us together and make us stronger and keep the bonds between families stronger. And we also pray that we shall remain sensitive to the needs of others. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful for what you have provided for us. A home, sustenance, family, all of the verse of your creations and all of the many blessings. Amen. Amen. And together the people of God all say, Amen. Will you all please clap for them and thank them for coming here. So as I noted at the beginning of this sermon and every sermon from this month, there is a challenge that accompanies us uh, when we leave worship. And you think, you might think that you just got to check off that challenge, but you'd be wrong. 
You'd be wrong. No, the challenge this week is that we're encouraging everyone in our church to pray daily. Uh, and not just daily, but to pray twice daily. So what you can do, you can take the prayer that your group just wrote and prayed together. You can find the, your chief prayer and write down that prayer. Uh, and we're asking you to maybe pray that prayer twice a day when you wake up and right before you go to sleep. Uh, if that prayer doesn't feel good to you, you can pray the Lord's Prayer. Or you can say something as simple as, Lord, let thy will be done. What we want to do is encourage everyone to pray at least twice a day when you wake up and right before you go to sleep. We're hoping that in doing this, praying twice a day, we might see how different our days would be and feel if we began them and ended them in prayer. And so you can leave it right there. That's a pretty simple challenge. Just pray twice a day before you go to sleep and when you wake up. But some of you want extra credit. Some of you need extra credit. Uh, and if that's, if that's how you're feeling, we're encouraging you to find one person in your life and pray for them. And I don't mean you hear what they need or what they're talking about, and then you go home and pray for them that night. When you hear someone express to you a, a frustration or a pain or a concern, you say to them, hey, can I pray for you right now? And it doesn't have to be long or filled with big words. It can just be as simple as, Lord, you know what this person needs. Please help them. Amen. So you can just pray twice a day. Uh, you can take it one step further. You can find somebody else to pray for. And if you want all the extra credit, if you want all the gold stars, all the check marks, find someone in your life and ask them to pray for you. Now, I know that might sound strange. You might think that should be the second and the extra credit should be praying for someone else. Now, I find that in the world today, it is far easier for us to pray for other people than it is for us to admit that we need prayer. So find one person in your life, someone you trust, someone you love, tell them what's really going on in your life, and then right then and there, ask them to pray for you. If you don't have someone like that, you do. Call me. Come by the church. I will gladly pray for you. So pray twice a day, find someone to pray for, and find someone to pray for you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.